Hey, welcome to the Winning Family Podcast with Rodney and Michelle Gage. This is a podcast designed to help you build winning relationships in your marriage and with your kids. My name is Dr. Linda Travelute, and I'm your host for the Winning Family Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we want to let you know that you can help us by rating and reviewing the podcast to let us know if you find the content helpful, inspiring, encouraging, because boy, will that help us keep on track providing great content for you. And we'd love for you to share these episodes with your friends. At the end of today's podcast, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, a surprise we have for you. We've got an opportunity for you to grab a copy of Rodney Gage's new book, the double win. And I'll share with you how you can get that. So you'll want to listen toward the end. All right. Now today I'm joined, of course, with Rodney and Michelle Gage. Hi guys. Hello. We're, we're very excited because we're going to dive into a topic that all of us are excited about. We just, this is something I know that our heart beats for as Christian believers and parents. We're going to talk about helping your kids develop a hunger for God. And so if you're listening today and you are, maybe you, you, you identify as a Christian believer, um, someone who follows after God. If you do, you probably have a hunger, right? A, a, a hunger for God. So you probably also desire for your kids to have that same hunger and craving, just a, a heart to have them love God with all of their heart, mind, soul, strength. And I guess maybe as a parent, that would be the biggest thing. I mean, I know for Ted and I, that was our biggest thing when we got married. We just said, man, we got to do everything we can to help our kids have that same hunger. And yes. so I love that you're going to break this down. This is going to be super helpful because I know every parent who loves God has this on their heart and mind, right? How can they help their kids with this? So you're going to share three important ways, right? To help. Yes. And, um, I just want to, you know, right out of the gate, just say that, you know, if you are a, uh, parent that's listening, you know, a single parent, um, you know, blended family situation, you know, this is a this is a conversation that I know that is on so many different families, mm-hmm. and it's also I think just a reminder of the fact that today, now more than ever, parents need all the help and hope and encouragement they can get. And I often say that parents need more than prayer, even though they could obviously use a lot of prayer. But really, what they need, and I think what many are looking for, is a plan. Yeah. You know, what can we do? How can we go about doing it? to not just build winning relationships, but specifically on today's topic, you know, how can we really help? What's a plan that we can follow to help our kids really develop a hunger for God? Because let's face it, not all kids have a hunger for God. Right, right. Not all kids have an interest or, you know, really any kind of desire for the things of God. In fact, if anything, a lot of times during a certain season of a child's life, especially as they get into, you know, those teenage years, they're fighting for their own independence and mindset and mm-hmm. beliefs. And a lot of things are up in the air. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes their desire for the things of God may not be on, mm-hmm. you know, on mm-hmm. the front of their minds, mm-hmm. even though it may be on the heart of a parent, but it may not be on the heart of a son or a daughter. And so what can we do to help kind of foster that mm-hmm. desire, the hunger, that yes. thirst, if you will, for God? I uh, wanted to share a stat. I thought this was really kind of sobering. George Barna did a survey a number of years ago, and he uh, surveyed uh, literally thousands of parents. And here's what he learned. One out of five parents do not believe they're doing a good job training their children morally and spiritually. Mm. Went on to say in that same study, parents surveyed 
the parents that were surveyed using 15 different indicators to measure parenting performance rank their efforts related to morality and spirituality at the bottom of the list. So it's interesting to me is that more and more young people today, according to studies, and you know, gosh, I hate to even say this because I don't want to be negative, but the truth, truth and the reality is more and more kids are disaffiliating themselves with so-called organized religion, church, or affiliate, religious affiliation, 40% to be exact, according to uh, millennials and Generation Z that kind of fall into that category. So what that basically means is, is that there's less and less of a spiritual moral foundation that is um, prevalent in today's young people mm -hmm. and young adults. And so that weighs heavy on the minds of a lot of parents, especially parents who may, who, who may have had the opportunity to grow up in a Christian home or maybe did have the opportunity to, to go to church. And now all of a sudden you're seeing a shift in the opposite direction where more and more kids are, you know, not necessarily following in that same, right. you know, faith, if you will. And so this not only concerns a lot of parents, but a lot of parents are just asking the question, what do we do? How do we go about, you know, creating this environment or this desire in, in our home and in the hearts of our kids so that they have this desire for the things of God? Mm -hmm. And so with that in mind, uh, I just want to share a verse that is in Matthew 5 or 6. Jesus talked about the Beatitudes in the scripture on what is often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And I love what he said in verse six in Matthew five, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And then it says, for they will be filled. And so the question really becomes as families, what can we do to create this hunger and thirst for righteousness so that the hearts and the minds and the lives of our kids are filled by God. Yeah. Because blessed, Jesus said, are those who hunger and thirst for the things of God. And so um, there's a lot that we can do as parents to help kind of foster and create this desire, this thirst, this hunger for the things of God. And so we just want to break it down and... Um, you know, we can just dive right into it. I think um, first and foremost, I think we have to ask, start by asking ourselves the question as a couple or as a parent, um, what do I hunger for? Mm -hmm. You know, what is it that I thirst after? Right. And in my, is my hunger and in my thirst or the things that right now that kind of occupy my time and attention, are they... Are they the things that are causing me to draw closer to God? Or am I being distracted by a lot of things that's causing me to drift from God? And always ask question, always ask the question to, to a lot of individuals, you know, are you, if you were to compare yourself in terms of where you are today compared to 12 months ago, can you honestly say that you're closer to God today? than you were 12 months ago? Or would you confess that maybe you drifted a little bit from where you could be or should be from 12 months ago? And so at the end of the day, we help set the tone for that. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. as parents, we have to first and foremost 
realize that this is a responsibility God's placed on us. We can't delegate that to somebody. We can't say, well, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to put my kids in, you know, a youth group or put my kids in children's church or put my kids in a Christian school. Well, all of those are wonderful things and we should push them towards that. But we cannot rely or be 100% dependent upon, you know, an hour on Sunday or, you know, a Christian school or a youth minister or somebody else to play a role that God has actually given right. to us. Right. And so we have to be the driving force of that yeah, that's right. and lead the way by example, by how we develop our own hunger and thirst for mm -hmm. the things of God. Yeah, I think we can do that. But as you're saying, lead by example, we teach by example. There's no greater way to teach something than by example. And I think that having a systematic structure to your life helps in every area of our life. And so it definitely helps in our spiritual life, too, um, in our relationships. It's the same way. So we have to be intentional. Yes. Life is short. We've got to be intentional with our life. And so every moment counts. Every day counts. And I think having a system that you live by, I, it, that has helped me. Mm -hmm. I can just speak for myself right. to know that I, when I wake up in the morning, I, I'm talking to God because mm -hmm. hungering and thirsting after God is about a relationship. Yeah. It's not about a religion. It's not a set of duties. It is a relationship with the living God that Jesus paid the price for us to have. Yeah. And he opened the door that we could know God. We're created to know God and to make him known. And so we have this opportunity to have a relationship. So you talk to somebody that you have a relationship with. Yeah. If you're not talking to them, then you don't truly have a, a, a hunger and a love relationship with someone. So when you wake up in the morning, what are your first thoughts? You know, what, when I rise, what are, the Bible talks about that we're to be thankful, you know, in the morning and we're to praise him at night. And so what is the first thing that comes to our heart? You know, mm -hmm. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah. I'm going to choose mm -hmm. that. So I think having a, a system for me, I'm much better in the morning. And I know some people are much better at night yeah. as far as just being focused and intentional. But I want that time with the Lord in the morning. Yeah. And the more that I dive into his word, the more that I read his word, the more that I listen to other people talk about how to know God the more that I want him. And that is what the, the Bible talks about hungering. And the Bible talks about as the deer goes by the running water, how they pant and they, they, my soul pants and longs after that living water in my life to fill me because we live in a world that is taking, uh, they're taking away. We need to deposit into our soul, you know, and because they're, they're going to take away the, the world takes away from us, but we need that, that time with God. I think it's important to do it in the morning and spend time with him in his word. There's simple, um, you know, devotionals that we can use and things like that. But as you're saying, teaching by example, we got to know kind of what that looks like. Mm -hmm. If you don't know what that looks 
looks like. You can get into the Bible app and just grab. We have a couple of devotionals that we've done. Uh, 21 day prayer challenge. You could start with that one Mm -hmm. where we teach you five P's. And each day just focusing on those things, praying, have a conversation with God where we talk to God, but then we allow him to talk to us through his word because it's all about a relationship. So having that hunger and thirst for God, you have to you have to be intentional about that. It's not just something that kind of happens. <laughs> you know, Mm-mm. you can't Mm-mm. be great at anything unless you're intentional about it. So right. I love what Psalm 63 verse one says. It says, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you mm-hmm. and I I long for you yes. in a dry and thirsty land. Yes. And I think that is um, just something that is so vitally important when it comes to just creating and cultivating mm-hmm. in our own hearts as parents or as a couple that desire and that hunger from God. Because again, mm-hmm. it starts with us. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional, as Michelle just emphasized. Mm-hmm. And we also have to be proactive because when we start our day with the Lord, when we put our when we set our mind and our heart in place on this on the things of God, the Bible says to fix your attention on God. Mm-hmm. And so when we fix our thoughts and fix our hearts and our minds on God, that puts us on the offense rather than us being reactive right, to everything right. going on in our right. world. Mm-hmm. We're starting mm-hmm. the day proactive. We're putting on for ourselves the full armor of God. And as a result, mm-hmm. we're allowing ourselves to be protected from the fiery darts the enemy is going to use to take us out as parents. Mm-hmm. So we got to make sure we're strong spiritually, yeah. we're healthy spiritually before we can impart to our kids. You can't give what you don't have. It's like the airplane scenario where, you know, what happens during an emergency, they say as a parent, if you're flying, you know, with your child, to put the oxygen mask on yourself first Mm -hmm. before you put it on your child. Mm The reason for that is because you need to be able to breathe so you can take care of your child. And the same is true in our lives spiritually as parents. We got to put on the spiritual oxygen first before we can impart um, that to our children. So three quick ways um, that we can just kind of unpack to to help kind of foster that uh, desire, that thirst, that hunger for the things of God. Number one is just involve God in your daily conversations. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is just important, whether it's doing like what Michelle just emphasized, where maybe what we do is we, on the way to school, if we're driving our kids to school uh, in the morning, maybe we take a verse. It might be a Christian song, a worship song that we put, you know, on the radio or, you know, on our playlist or whatever. And what that does, it just kind of sets the tone. It helps kind of create that atmosphere, spiritually speaking. And it gives us an opportunity to talk about something that really is going to be like planting seeds in the minds and in the hearts that are going to be, you know, um, critical throughout the day. And so we have to just know that we want to invite God and involve God in our daily conversations with our spouse, with our kids. It might be sending um, our child a text message, you know, 
Um, in Something my, that you read that morning that, you know, spoke to you absolutely. or made you think of them in some way that a scripture just speaking life over them, yep. you know, just sending that to them, I think is one of the easiest ways yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of have different ways of our relationship with God. And um, I remember hearing a, a pastor that like a global pastor that we have always looked up to. And he was talking about how he did this with his children. And, you know, he, it wasn't like they sat down and did Bible studies together. You know, it was that he lived it and yes. they just talked about right. it and they just had conversation yeah. about it. If the yeah. kids had questions, they talked about it, right. but it wasn't, you know, and he would pray, obviously pray over them and mm-hmm. pray over them as they would go to sleep. But it wasn't like they were sitting down opening the big right. family Bible right. and, you know, right. having a big devotional together, which those things are great. Sure. And maybe that's what you choose to do. Um, but it's just, it's your everyday. It, he's a part of our everyday life. It's your best friend that you're talking mm-hmm. about. About, you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. just making I, it very I, natural part of your conversation. Yeah, I think that's the key. The key is just keeping the relationship both with God and with each other as a part of the key conversation throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And so that can consist of something informal or formal. It consists it can yeah. consist of a worship song that we, you know, maybe we sing to or we listen to, or could consist of like we just emphasized maybe you know, if our child has a test or a big project or something going on that they're all worked up about, Mm -hmm. you know, you're sending them a a verse of scripture, Proverbs, uh, excuse me, uh, Philippians four verses, you know, six and seven, uh, you know, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything Mm -hmm. through prayers. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so things like that can just be those little reminders of, Hey, I'm thinking about you and praying for you. Um, in, in all, someone said to me many, many years ago, you know what the number one motivation to prayer is? Answered prayer. Uh, yeah. So when you think about when you suddenly begin to see God answer prayer, you begin to see God move and mm. work and open doors of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Man alive, what that does is it fuels your faith. It, yes. it, it renews and it, it enlarges your, your faith and your vision. And you see God working. And so you're talking about it. You're celebrating it. And it's an opportunity to bring God into your everyday mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't live in a box, you know, for one hour right. that he's allowed to come out on right. Sundays at right. church. Right. 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 You know, he lives inside of us as believers. He's with us and he's everywhere we go. And so we don't check God at the door at school or check him at the door at the office. You know, we have to be wise, as the Bible says, be as harmless as, as doves and as wise as serpents. We got to use wisdom. But at the end of the day, we have to also just be intentional mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. how we go about our daily conversations. Deuteronomy 6 is a great example of talking about, you know, talking about the things of God when you're sitting at home or when you're walking along the road, when you're getting up, when you're going to bed, you write them on the door frames of your house. Mm-hmm. What is it saying? It's just, just making God a part of your everyday life. Right. Right. I think even everyday life as far as where we go, but also seasons of life, you know, from when they're babies to when they are, you know, to the end of our life where we're, we're constantly, you know, I think we've talked about that before. I'll never stop being mom to my children. I will always be their mom 
I prayerfully will be a grandmother one day, but I had the opportunity to, to speak this, a part of my life. And that is really all of my life is this relationship, no matter what season I'm in, no matter what season my kids are in, I still have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Even last night, our daughter was staying by herself as her husband was traveling. She was a little nervous. I got to speak Mm -hmm. that I'm praying Mm -hmm. for you and I love you. And that, you know, this is just a part of, of Right. Who we are, no matter mm-hmm. what season. Never mm-hmm. stop parenting. That's for never, sure. Never, never. So that second one is we have to make church non-negotiable. I think we talked about that a little bit, um, maybe in our last podcast. Yeah. Got a little fired up on that one. Well, you know, I <laughs> think true, I think we have come to a place in our culture today and where we're competing with so many different things. I mean, mm-hmm. today, in, in the day and age in which we live, Sadly and unfortunately, most families see church as an option Mm -hmm. of many, many options Mm -hmm. or choices Mm -hmm. of the weekend. Mm -hmm. And I just think that is where that is where we start losing the battle. Yeah. Where we see church as, well, if there's nothing really anything else that we're not committed to, then we can go to church. And so that's kind of the mindset almost. It's almost like you know, is if it's not storming outside and, you know, that cancels out our plans that we had for the day to be outside, to do whatever, you know, it's kind of like if church will be our last resort, you know, if there's nothing else better to do, we'll go to church Mm -hmm. on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And I mean, God help us because that's where we are in our culture today. Yeah. Hebrews 10 verse 25 says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together Mm -hmm. as some are doing, but instead let us come together all the more in the day that we see Christ approaching a man alive. If there was ever a sense of urgency for us to run to the church, to get to church, to prioritize church, to surround ourselves with other believers, you know, it's now. Mm -hmm. And we need foundationally to get our kids in a strong children's ministry. We need to get our students in a youth environment where they are, again, being reinforced to live out their faith. Mm -hmm. So we cannot, again, delegate this. We can't push this off on somebody Mm -hmm. else or expect somebody else to do it because as the studies show, once kids graduate from high school, I think it's like 86% of those who graduate from high school do not return back. And it's sad and it's heartbreaking, but a lot of that is because they never really learned how to develop a hunger for the things of God. Right. You know, I think of some of our friends um, that as our kids were growing up, their their boys uh, were heavily involved in um, baseball and travel ball and, you know, the clubs and their daughter was involved in competition cheer and they made church a non-negotiable. Right. Yeah. And their kids were in their uniforms. Oh yeah. Their kids were the best of the best. The kids were like, they were at the top of the team. And so the coach knew that mom and dad were going to put church Mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. And what was so interesting to me and is so interesting to me is to watch their kids now. They're in church. Mm -hmm. They're married, having babies, uh, you know, that 20 something age in, in college, graduating college, they're all in church. Yeah. 
they love God. Mm-hmm. And I it's because yeah. church was Joy's a non-negotiable. Yeah. You know, our culture will push hard, but we can push back. That's right. And here's so, and yeah. if you're a, if you're a travel team coach, uh, forgive me. You guys are amazing, but I'm just going to say this. Um, everybody's going to be mad at me. Let's do it the Chick-fil-A way. So, let's do this. <laughs> let me just share let me just share my my heart with you, okay? Um as a parent, here's the thing. We're paying. We are paying for the equipment. We're paying for the registration fees. We're paying for the time that's invested. We're paying for our children to be involved in these activities. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. nothing wrong with these activities. There's a lot of wonderful benefits that can emerge and can be life lessons. But let me just say this. Why does practice or why do games have to be at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning? Who controls that? Who makes those decisions? So to me, the parents should be the ones to say, hey, you're going to play on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's great. But the games can't start until after two o'clock. You know, why not dictate how things are going to be rather than allowing the league to dictate Mm -hmm. to the parents? Mm -hmm. This is how you should. This is how you should. Mm -hmm allow these things to control your world. Right. And so I think, again, parents just have to kind of take back what belongs to them. And that is the responsibility of leading their family spiritually and morally. That's right. We can't allow anybody else to lead. We have to lead in the way that we set the tone for our family. The Bible says faith comes by hearing Mm -hmm. and hearing by the word of God. Mm -hmm. So they're probably not hearing a whole lot about the things of God out on the competition ball fields and church squads and all that stuff. Some might, but a lot don't. And again, forgive me if I'm, you know, going over the top here. I'm just, I've seen it. I've seen, I've been doing this for a long time, over 30 years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and man alive. If, if, if I, if I've heard it once, I've heard it countless times from couples and from parents. And often here's what they say. We never saw it coming. We had no idea our son was doing this. We had no idea our daughter was involved in that. Or in a marriage, they say, you know what? We just, we cannot seem to see eye to eye anymore. Mm-hmm. And what happened? They didn't wake up that right, day right. saying, oh, okay, let's go. No, it was subtle. Mm-hmm. There was a drift mm-hmm. that, that they begin to allow mm-hmm. into their marriage, begin to allow into their family because other things begin to take priority mm-hmm. and precedence. Mm-hmm. And so I've often said, say it again, a good thing can become a bad thing mm-hmm. if it keeps you from the best thing. Yes. So we have to just choose the best things and, and work really, really hard to protect those things, knowing that that's where the fruitfulness yes. is truly going to come from in our marriage and with our kids. Mm-hmm. So we have mm-hmm. to create those opportunities to foster that kind of spiritual thirst and hunger. And then the last thing would be is just to simply show that serving God can be an actual fun thing. You know, that there's joy in doing the things of God. There's joy in seeing God work in our lives, seeing God work in situations and circumstances where he's answering prayer and he's opening doors of opportunity or we're seeing God just do some amazing things because we're making ourselves available to be used Mm -hmm. by God. Mm -hmm. And so I just believe that when families begin to 
you know, practice this, model this, and lead by example. And they can begin to create these stepping stones of priority, if you will. It's amazing what, as the old saying says, and the scripture teaches, what we sow, mm-hmm. we will eventually reap. That's right. So right. don't grow weary in doing good, Galatians 6, 9 says, but in due season, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So as parents, as couples, keep on keeping on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Don't compromise. Listen, I know it's easy and it's tempting to want to expose our kids to all the wonderful things that the world has to offer. And there's wonderful benefits to a lot of those things. But let's not sell our soul and let's not check our faith at the door because we have said yes to so many good things mm-hmm. that we've allowed those good things to eclipse the, the best That's things right. that God right. really has for us. And so I don't think there's any greater joy, no greater reward, no greater sense of satisfaction mm-hmm. and fulfillment as a parent than knowing that one day you can say that my children love God. That's right all over their hearts. That's right. And and seeing them, you know, progress in becoming godly husbands and wives and godly moms and dads, generationally, where we're seeing that impact being made from the second and third to even fourth generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's the goal. That's what we can do as families and as parents to help kind of create and foster that hunger and thirst for the things of God. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Well, this has been such a great, encouraging word and so helpful. I know as we wrap it up today, thank you for joining us. I know this has been content that you'll want to save, save this episode, come back to it. And again, we want to have you follow us on Instagram and Facebook because you can connect with these guys there, right? And and talk with them. You guys are really great at answering comments and uh, connecting with your Instagram and Facebook followers. So you can can rate and review, leave comments. This is a, a continuous dialogue and open discussion, right? They want to know what you'd like to hear about on this podcast, what kind of topics would touch your heart. And we really want to encourage you to go to thedoublewin.com so you can get your copy of The Double Win. Again, it's absolutely free. Just go there and sign up thedoublewin.com and you'll also see a little button. I think it's a tab at the top, right? For the mentoring program. Thedoublewinclub.com. Oh, thedoublewinclub.com. Okay, go there Mm -hmm. and sign up for the mentoring program, thedoublewinclub.com. So guys, this has been good. And Winning family, we want to encourage you to come back and check us out. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss anything. And we are here to help you win at home and in life.